All right, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about attachment theory in polyamory, the good, the bad, and why at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. So stay tuned. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. Here at Touch of Flavor, we teach non-monogamous folks how to overcome their obstacles and build thriving relationships. This podcast is about answering one question. How do you create loving, passionate, secure relationships outside the box, even if nothing has ever worked before? If you want to know the answer, you are in the right place. All of this information is 100% free. So please subscribe to and review our podcast. All right, everybody. So, you know, attachment theory has absolutely exploded. Boom, exploded. Yeah, do I have an exploded sound effect? I don't know. Has absolutely (laughs) exploded in non-monogamy here in the last little bit, right? Um, And everybody I talk to now on the phone is like, here's my attachment style anxious attachment. I'm avoiding attachment. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, yeah, everybody is talking about their attachment style. It has absolutely exploded, right? And since it is uh, such a topic of conversation right now and something that people are looking to, to repair their relationships, right? A lot of people who are going in there have challenges in their relationships and they are taking the steps, which is awesome, of looking to fix whatever's going on in the relationship, a lot of people are in a place where they're turning to attachment theory. And because of that, and like I said, because it's become such a topic of conversation, we wanted to talk about it. So let's jump in. And you have anything you want to throw in there, Cass, before we get rocking and rolling? Oh, I was just going to add, and it's not just about like my attachment. It's like, what is my partner's Mm. attachment? And like, you know, can we relate if we have the same attachment or not the same attachment? And and it's a lot of this, like, you know, the dynamics of our relationship based on our attachment styles. So, yeah. So let's, let's start. And, and, you know, one of the, obviously, you know, uh, if you've heard a lot of this conversation, then you've probably heard of the book Polysecure that Jessica Fern wrote a while back. And, um, I, that book has been the big driver in the conversation uh, about attachment theory in non-monogamy. And Cassie, have you actually read it? I've read it. I know you've done a lot of studying on attachment theory, but have you actually read Polysecure? Um, I've read most of it. Okay. Um, And I have read a bunch of other books on attachment theories as well. Yeah. So I'll start with, with, I want to actually start with the book because again, that's driving a huge amount of the conversation. And then, you know, if you have anything, definitely throw in. But I'm actually going to start and give a bit of praise that you might not hear me give too often, right? I'm, I'm a little sparing with praise for with people are trying to help people, like for the people who are really, I think, making a difference and not just trying, but actually moving people in the right direction. And I will give some praise here and say, Polysecure, I think, is one of the best books out there that I've read anyways 
on non-monogamy. I'll say that again, right? Polysecure is one of the best books I've read on non-monogamy. Like I said, some great are probably like, whoa, like I don't hear Josh especially give a lot of praise for different things. Um, and, but I want to I wanna talk about why, actually, I like the book so much because a lot of people like it, but I don't know if a lot of people are understanding the reasons that it is so powerful. And there's two reasons that, for me personally, I think it's a very powerful book and that I think that it is one of the best books that's out there on non-monogamy right now. And the first is that she takes attachment theory, which is a... A method, right, that has an, a way to view things, that has a lot of research that has been done on it in the monogamous space. There's been a lot of practices around in the monogamous space. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, just stuff that actually works in the monogamous space, right, that, that shows how important attachment theory is and that kind of a thing. And she's taking that, taking something that has been, you know, proven to apply in monogamous relationships and is trying to break it down and apply it to non-monogamy. And I, I like that a lot. And I think that's really important because what Cassie and I see a lot when we look at people who are giving advice in the non-monogamous space, even you know authors, even of books that are arguably way more popular than Polysecure, right? You see kind of two things that tends to happen. And, and too often we see people who really know like very little about relationship stuff and practices that have been proven to work in healing relationships and that kind of a thing, right? Um, they don't have any of the background on what works on that just in a typical relationship and what has been proven to work because that's where all the research around what's been proven to work has been done. And they just kind of like wing a whole book of polyamory advice on just based on basically how they think things should go. <laughs> Right. But without taking any of the, the principles, the practices, the things that have been proven to work in monogamous relationships. Right. So they just kind of like wing all this information out there that really has uh, not a lot of backing behind it. And you see that a lot. Right. So I really, really like that. It's based on attachment theory, right? And it's bringing that into the space, which, you know, which is something that, again, has had research on it, has a lot of stuff that you can find on that in the monogamous space, right? But then I also like that she's then bringing it and trying to apply to non-monogamy because the other thing that we see happen very often when people are trying to help in non-monogamous relationships and, you know, whether this is coaches, therapists, um, friends, anything like that, right, is you have people who might actually understand how relationships work, like they might have practices and principles that work really well in monogamous relationships, right, but then they don't have the background in working with non-monogamous relationships to have practiced and tested and to see what actually translates into non-monogamous relationships and what you need to change. Because a lot of the stuff that works in monogamous relationships, you, you start there, but then you have to make shifts in it to make it work in a non-monogamous context, right? So I, I love that it's taking attachment theory and then she's moving it, like I said, like in trying to break it down into how that works and makes sense in non-monogamy. And I think that's one of the two reasons that that book is really good. Do you have anything you want to say to that? Um, I was just going to add that, you know, as you said, taking something that has real research, something that has been studied and applied in, you know, monogamous relationships in society as a whole over time is is really 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 important and the fact that 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 is what she's applying these things from 
is a huge, huge key point. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing that I really like about PolySecure is that overall, um, I think that book is very practical, right? A lot of the advice in there is very practical as opposed to, and, and is based on what actually works, right? And what research has shown works and what experience has shown works versus what sounds good, what right? And what might be the uh, correct line to give in our community, right? We talk a lot about the polypropaganda and a lot of the books out there on non-monogamy are just full of it. Right, which is why a lot of times we have people come to us and say, "I read this book and it destroyed my relationship." And I'm there's there's a couple of really popular books we hear that all the time from, right? Which is mainly because there's a lot of propaganda in those books, things that sound good but don't actually work. And so the second reason I really think that Polysecure is one of the best books out there on non-monogamy is because, again, like the approach Jessica takes in that is very practical and doesn't have a lot of those polyamory platitudes as we like to talk about right and I, you know I, I imagine that's because she's not just an author but as you know she actually does work in this area and you know when you're actually somebody who does work in this area and, and trying to heal relationships rather than just writing about it um, you know very quickly you see those platitudes destroy relationships and you start focusing on what actually works right so for those two reasons I think that polysecure is one of the best books out there on non-monogamy right now Anything else you want to say on the book? Because I actually want to move off of it. Nope. Okay. So it's a great book. And we're not actually going to do a breakdown of attachment theory here um, and try and teach you attachment theory. If you want to learn attachment theory, go read Polysecure, right? Or read one of the books, you know, the monogamous books on attachment theory. There's some some really great ones, right? Um, but Polysecure would be a good resource. Like... So, but then why are we talking to you about attachment theory? So here's the thing, right? Um, it is an awesome book. I love that attachment theory is being brought into, like I said, the non-monogamy space. I think Jessica did an amazing job of it. Um, I think a lot of people are getting a lot out of it. I really enjoyed the book. I learned some things reading the book. It's a really good book. And here's the thing. When it comes to building a thriving relationship, knowing your attachment style, knowing why you show up in certain ways in your relationships, it's really cool to know. And it doesn't really matter. And that's what we want to talk about here. Because this isn't actually a rant about attachment theory and what's wrong with it. Attachment theory is great, right? The problem is what we've been seeing a lot of is people are expecting way too much out of attachment theory. And this is what always happens, right? When people get their hands on like a shiny new tool. And listen, and this is the thing, I, I wanna take a step back here, right? Because the thing is, the reason that this happens is because there's a lot of people out there who are trying to heal their relationships, who've tried a bunch of different things that hasn't worked, right? And they're taking the steps. And so when something new comes in the space, like, oh my God, can this be the thing that helps me? Can this be it? And people get caught up and wrapped up in thinking that now this, this, is, this has to be the thing. This is something new. I haven't tried this before. This maybe is the thing that will finally turn things around. Yeah, and that's what I was going to chime in on is that it's when we're in a desperate spot to find a way to heal our relationship, anything new seems like that could be that like thing, right? Like there, there is that thing that I could possibly grab onto and could be the, the the shift in my relationship and how me and my partner get along and can finally transform our relationship that I've been wanting to change for a very long time. 
Yeah. So this is the, the the problem here and the challenge that we're currently seeing, right? As far as this conversation in the, in the space is that it isn't that, again, there's anything wrong with attachment theory. It's that people are expecting way too much about attachment theory and they're not learning it out of curiosity, right? Um, people are learning it because they expect it to help fix their relationships. And unfortunately, it just doesn't do that. Right. And let's talk about why this is. And Cassie, do you want to start with this? Sure. Yeah. Because the big thing is, is just knowing why you have a problem or first off, knowing that you have a problem and then knowing why you have a problem doesn't actually fix the problem. Right. Just because you know why your car isn't working doesn't mean you know how to fix it. Right. Like, so having an understanding of that doesn't actually move you towards the goals and the desires that you have in your relationship. Yeah. And this is, this is what we were seeing a lot of, right. Is that people have this and they find this and they learn this stuff. Right. And now they understand, you know, that well, I have a problem. Like I'm, I have an avoidant attachment style, right? Like that's, that's the problem here. Right. Well, first off, that's a very simplistic way to look at the problem because the problem is way more complicated than being able to slap one of four labels on it and to be done with it. Right. But even if that's the case, knowing that you have a problem, being able to put a very broad label on it and, um, or, or even a specific label, you know, I'm, I'm talking about broad in terms of attachment there, but even a, a really specific label and knowing the history behind that and why you came to it and what happened in your childhood to bring you here. Well, it doesn't tell you how to fix it. Knowing that you have a problem does not tell you how to fix it. Like Cassie said, having a car and your car being broken down and knowing it, it doesn't tell you how to fix it. Right. Um, and I'd argue that it's it's actually even a little easier with a car because a car, maybe once you know the problem, you can Google it and, and like, <laughs> you know, maybe it's simple enough to sort out on your own, but relationships aren't that simple, right? At best, what happens is you, you, you go in and like I said, people are looking at attachment theory as a way to solve their relationship problems, right? Um, just like people look at love languages as a way to solve their relationship problems, right? That's one of the other big ones I've seen this with, where mm -hmm. everybody looks into their love languages thinking that's going to fix what's going on. Um, I'd argue actually that knowing your love language gets you probably a little closer than knowing your attachment style, because at least then you have like some practical ways to bridge. Yeah. Anyways, that's a different discussion. <laughs> that's a different discussion. Right. But you wind up with, you, you know, people go into it looking, expecting, oh God, like, is this thing that's going to fix my relationship? It's going to get out of the arguing. That's going to make us stop feeling disconnected. It's going to get us back to a point of feeling secure, get us to a point, maybe a feeling poly secure, right? Um, well, no, but I, and I'm saying, but that's, yeah. that's what people want, mm -hmm. right? Obviously that's what people want. That's why it's such a clever title for the book, right? And they go in looking for that, but really what they wind up with, it isn't a way to get back to security. You gain some knowledge of where you can improve, right? of why you have the problem, maybe some understanding of why your partner has the problems that they have. And that has some value, right? There is some value in knowing that you have a gap and knowing why you have that gap, but that's only the 
first tiny step on the way to actually repairing a problem, right? Like if the path path for a problem is like, this is way harder in a camera, is like here to here, <laughs> right? Knowing that you have a problem and why you have it is maybe like this much of that journey. So people have way overinflated expectations and it's causing a lot of problems because they're trying to solve the challenges in their relationships with a tool that was never really equipped to solve the problems in the first place. Yeah. And the thing is, is again, this is a tiny step. This is, it, it, there, there is that little bit of value, right? The value of like having an understanding of where your partner's coming from, those things. But it's only a tiny step. And this is the problem that we see is that although there is this value, right, um, it's not enough. And this is the problem that we see with therapy quite often. Yeah, this isn't, I want to be clear, this isn't a problem with attachment theory, right? Again, I think attachment theory is great. Um, this is a broader challenge that we see a lot with therapy, right? Because therapy tends to be very past focused. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kind of expand here from attachment theory out to therapy in general, right? But therapy seems, tends to be very past focused, right? Like, how did I get to where I'm at today? What was it that happened in my childhood? What was the trauma, right? What are the things that I'm carrying? You know, what was it that happened when I was six? Or what was it that happened four and a half years ago at dinner? Right? How pissed off was I three years ago when my partner cheated on me? And how did I feel about that? Right? Um, therapy as a whole and attachment theory, it's, it's very, very past focused, right? And the problem again is that knowing why you have a problem, knowing how you got to where you're at, processing the feelings over how you got to where you're at, right? Um, has value in it, but it doesn't solve the problem. Knowing you have a problem does not suddenly show you how to solve the problem, right? Um, I think a better example than a car because Cars are, are simple compared to relationships would be like having a heart problem, right? Like knowing I have a heart problem and I need surgery doesn't suddenly show me how to solve it. And I can go and I can be like, oh God, now I know I have a heart problem. You know, I know I have this condition and I can look and I can Google and I can do all these things and I'm not going to come out of that actually being able to solve the problem, right? Because to do that, I need to go to school for eight years and then I would need to be somebody else because you can't operate on yourself and I would, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there, right? You know, I'd probably need to practice for a lot of years before I was comfortable operating on myself. You're starting to sound like a sci-fi movie now. Having to operate on yourself as a different person and everything. It's like some, I'm channeling like, <laughs> like the end of repo. Yeah, but so, you digress. <laughs> but, but this is, so this is the challenge that I, 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 I think because, you know, the, the problem is people wind up stuck here, right? People spend and invest all this time, all this energy, all of the bandwidth in their relationships because you only, you only get so much time and effort and tries to fix problems, right? As things are getting worse. And they invest that in these things that are cool to know but don't actually solve the problem. And what winds up happening is basically people come away, you come away with all these ideas of why you're stuck 
and you're no closer to fixing it and your relationships are still suffering and you're still arguing and you still feel disconnected and you still feel insecure and you still don't know when somebody's going to give up, right? And now you just know how to define the problem better. Like what else do you want to say about like the consequences of like what happens when people get stuck in just kind of like focusing on one really narrow area of figuring out why they have the problem. And and something we see quite often is folks get fixated on the thing, right? So like if I just figured out how to fix our attachment styles, then it's going to fix things. And you end up getting sort of like stuck in that place and you start to lose hope because you feel like you're doing you're doing attachment style wrong, right? Like if I just figured out how to do it just right, then everything would be okay. So it ends up being this thing that actually in a lot of ways causes people a lot of pain because they feel like they're not actually improving. They feel like they're failing at what they're trying because they have that intent of really wanting to work on their relationships and it's not really like moving the needle on things. When you wind up with just this label of what's wrong with you with no way to fix it, which is never helpful, right? So all this stuff happened, you know, I have anxious attachment and... That's just one more thing that's wrong with my relationship that I don't know how to fix, right? And I've, I've got something else, but go ahead. And it also ends up being something quite often, whether it's consciously or not consciously, that you then end up weaponizing. Mm. Um, <laughs> it ends up being, well, what's wrong with our relationship is you're an anxious attachment, right? Like, like it ends up being this thing where it doesn't solve the problem. It ends up being a a sticking point of the problems. And again, folks, this isn't, this isn't, um, an attachment theory problem, right? This is, this is a problem we see all the time in different tools, great tools, but when people don't actually have the foundation to use those tools to solve the relationship, we see this with NVC. I think we're going to talk about NVC here at some point. We see this with NVC a lot where we see NVC weaponized, right? Um, we see this with, uh, um, Love languages. Sticks, love languages. Love but languages. NBC is like, I, I see that constantly. It's definitely the top. <laughs> yeah. um, so it isn't an attachment theory problem. And there's one other thing I want to throw out here that, that that's also the problem, right? Is you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. And again, not because of attachment theory specifically, but anytime you focus on one, we talk about this as, as, as playing polyamory whack-a-mole or relationship whack-a-mole, right? Anytime you're focused on fixing one small specific area in your relationship, you're always setting yourself up for heartache and pain and to have it not work because our relationships are all very interconnected, right? Um, and you can't separate out any one piece. You can't separate out your attachment style in general from your attachment style in this relationship, from your jealousy, from the agreements that aren't being met, from the needs that you've been asking for, but haven't been getting from the arguing from the, you can't separate it out, right? All of these challenges in our relationships are interconnected. And like, and of course they are, we all know this, right? Because whenever there's just one tiny thing wrong in our relationships, we generally can smooth that over without a lot of challenge without a lot of problems, right? Like most of us, we can, we can compensate for one, one very narrow area in our relationship that isn't working. This isn't always true, but it's, it's very often true, right? Um, you know, like just as an example, if the only issue that we have is time and spending time together, but our communication's good, we know how to ask for the things we want to need, we're able to come to good agreements, we're, but we're going to, we're going to find a way around it. 
right? Just as one example. So anytime you focus on one narrow area, what happens is you hit that area and you hit that area and hit that area. And maybe, maybe you see some improvements. Maybe you don't because maybe the other things that are going on are, are, are dragging you down. So maybe you start working on your attachment style, right? Which is a little vague to begin with, but maybe you start working on your attachment style, right? And trying to feel and to connect and attach in a more secure way in this relationship, right? So you're doing those things, but at the same time, like you're arguing and also you're feeling jealous that your partner is spending, uh, you know, 80% of their off time with this other person and I'm with you. Well, guess what? Good luck feeling secure, right? So a lot of times you can't even make progress when you're only focusing on one area, but even when you can, what happens, Cassie? Well, something else pops up. Yeah. As soon as you stop working on it. Yeah. This is the one step forward, two step back thing, right? So that, that's the other problem is anytime you try and focus on one narrow thing, it doesn't work. And I want to reiterate something that's really important. This isn't a problem with attachment theory. None of this is a problem with attachment theory. Like I said, I actually like attachment theory quite a bit, right? But this is the problem. Anytime you, number one, focus on something that's telling you what's wrong, but it's not really how to fix it, right? Number two, anytime you're focusing on one narrow area. Number three, anytime you have a tool that you can use to weaponize, but you don't actually know how to use to solve, right? These aren't specific problems. Attachment theory is just like the latest flavor of the week, right? Like I said, for us before this, it was NVC that we'd, we'd, we'd have these same conversation about. And I think we're actually going to here soon, mm -hmm. right? So again, this is no, uh, no, no attack on attachment theory, right? This is overall just problems with approaching things in this way with very specific tools that focus on very specific things that are mainly backwards looking, right? And or that are too narrow and don't actually raise a relationship and get you to where you need to go. Anything else you want to talk about? Kind of the consequences of just sticking with just this stuff and not no, seeing think, the bigger picture before we, we move on? I think we covered most of it. I think we covered it pretty extensively. Okay. So I'm going to let you hit, hit this up a lot, right? But I want to talk about how people actually need to be approaching things. I'm just going to say one thing and I'll kind of kick it over to you, right? Which is... It is good to understand how you got to where you're at. It's good to understand why you do certain things. It's good to understand why your partner does certain things. Like that has value, right? You know, if you look and you have like something from three relationships ago that's impacting your present relationship where you had some trauma there or you look at when you were a kid and you had some trauma there and you can look and you can draw a straight line, you know, figuring out why that happened and, and dealing with those past issues, it always has value. And what has more value is actually solving the problem and building the relationships that you want, where you are actually secure. And here's what's important to understand. Those are two separate journeys. The journey of looking at the past and understanding why you got here and dealing with the emotions and the trauma and the feelings is valuable. Fixing your relationships and having your family be intact and being loving and thriving and secure, I would argue is more valuable, but they're both valuable. The important thing to realize is that they're separate journeys. Fixing now and getting to an amazing relationship 
does not require and is not going to give you what dealing with the past is going to. Dealing with the past is not going to fix your relationship now. They're two separate journeys. And I'll kick it over to you for how people should be looking at this stuff. Yeah, so the first thing is, is, you know, take it for what it is, right? Take it for the value and the knowledge that it is. The good stuff, right? Recognizing that and getting that little bit of understanding for yourself, for your partner, and that ability to have that knowledge, right? Like that's the first thing is, is embracing that, like this is something that you can definitely get some good knowledge and understanding around. But from there, you have to, if you want to start really tackling the problems in your relationship, you need to know the steps that it takes to get you to where you need to go, right? Like what comes first, what comes second? Um, and kind of just categorizing your relationship into like one of four categories isn't going to do that. That doesn't give you the steps and the process to get to where you need to go, to really feel like you are in a secure relationship, to feel connected to your partner, to feel that your relationship is something that's going to stand the test of time, right? It's that you have to be able to work on those problems in the step-by-step process that needs to happen, which again, has to be a process that isn't just focusing on one thing, that's looking at the relationship as a whole. Yeah, listen, like I said, knowing attachment theory will not fix your relationships, right? But what it will do, and I think the biggest power of looking at attachment theory is that I think it gives you a very clear idea of what you want in terms of being securely attached, right? And the gap in what you're actually doing and what you actually have and how you're actually showing up. And that is valuable. Like I said, it's valuable because it gives you a chance to fix it. It doesn't fix it knowing it, but knowing it is the first step, of course, to fixing it. There's right? a lot of power in knowledge. There's a lot of power in that. And I think that is, I think that is probably the single biggest thing that attachment theory and, and you know, this coming into the mainstream in non-monogamy, although it's been mainstream in, in monogamy, but coming into the mainstream in non-monogamy has really done for people, right? Is it's given them a place that maybe before you had this sense that something was wrong, you were unhappy, you were unfulfilled, you were scared, you're worried, you're anxious. And it's given you a way to conceptualize and put into words, but more importantly, to, to, to look for yourself at what that gap is. And it's always important to have a, a really clear understanding of that gap between where we're at and where we want to be. And I think that that's one thing, maybe the biggest thing that attachment theory has done for a lot of people. And again, knowing that won't fix it. But what's awesome is you have the opportunity to start fixing it once you know what the gap is. The question becomes, what do you do from there? And like Cassie was saying, you've got to actually figure out what are the steps. I know I'm here. I know I want to be over here. This camera is flipped and it's given me just a hell of a time with this here, right? But now what are the steps that I need to get from A to B to C to D to all the way to where I want to be and having secure and attached and loving and connected, passionate relationships? 
right? That's the second piece. The first piece is figuring out the gap. The second piece is figuring out the plan to get there. And the third piece, I would suppose, is following that plan to get there, right? But there's a couple things when you're looking at a plan that you need to be looking at, right? So, okay, let me, I'm going to role play this for myself a little bit. But so I've discovered that I'm, I, I have more of an avoidant attachment style, which when I don't attach correctly is definitely where I default. And I could go into my childhood and all the reasons that that's exactly makes sense, right? But I won't. But so I say, okay. I have an anxious attachment. And listen, folks, really get more specific than that. Like, it's great to know that, but what's actually going on? I'll give a very easy example, a place I've had to do a lot of work on, right? In conversations that I don't like how it's going, I, I tend to shut down. That's my default, right? Some people get angry. My default is to shut down. That's how I tend to operate in that, right? And like, I'm done talking. I'm good. Like, this is, yep. We'll readdress this in like three years, right? That's my default when I don't work on it, okay? So number one, obviously get a little more specific about what that gap is, like what the problems are, where you want to be. Like, I want to go from anxious attachment or avoidant attachment to secure attachment. I mean, okay, fine. Like that's a great starting place, but really sit down and actually define that for yourself, right? What is it that you want to change? And then when you're looking at a plan from there, you need to look at a plan that specifically moves you from where you're at to your goal. And this is again, one of the places I see people with attachment theory kind of drop the ball is even when they do try and form some kind of plan based on attachment theory and attachment theory methods, right? Which you can feasibly come up with some kind of a plan looking at that stuff. The problem is it's not a plan that's specific to their situation and their relationships and their goals and where they're currently at. It's a plan that's like, in order to get from this attachment to this attachment, here's the steps that you take. Well, great. But like I said, um, your relationships are really unique. And when you're looking at there's three categories of bad and one category of good, and I'm gonna get from bad to good, you're not nearly specific enough to be coming up with any kind of a plan that would work for you, even if everything else was workable in that solution. And I would even argue that a lot of times it's not plans. It's here are some tips mm. to work on your attachment style. So if you're an anxious person, here's a couple of tips that you can do. Meditate walk away and do some breathing exercise. It's like a couple of little tips to try to ease some of the challenges that you're having versus an actual plan for healing the relationship and the entire dynamic that you and your partner have beyond, again, just your attachment style. Well, and that's a really good point. And everybody, we've talked about what makes a plan to heal a relationship before, right? But just in case you've forgotten or you haven't heard us talk about it before, it's here is exactly where I'm at. Here's exactly where I want to go. Here are all of the steps that I need to get from A to B. Like I said, it's not just some tips, but here are all of the steps that if followed in sequence will get me that loving, secure, connected relationship, right? And ideally there should be a time frame attached to that so that you don't wind up, you know, working on this for the next six months, year, 18 months. And meanwhile, your relationship's falling down around you and you're continuing to argue and fight and be upset and avoid each other and, and disconnect and shut down, right? So you need a plan. But here's the other piece. It isn't just about having a plan, again, and being super specific. The other piece that any plan has to cover 
is it has to avoid this problem of playing whack-a-mole and only addressing one tiny thing. Because as we said before, when you do that, and this is kind of the traditional approach to fixing relationships, right? As you focus on one tiny little thing and just sit there and, and whack on that, whack on that, whack on that, you know, and maybe you solve it, maybe you don't, because again, the relationship's dragging it down. But even if you do, okay, now you finally got the, the communication a little better. All right, now you're going to focus on something else and all of a sudden now that's coming right back, right? You have to focus, you know, we like to talk about um, the, the synergy of the relationship, right? Like you have to focus on raising the level of the relationship as a whole. So when you're looking at a plan, you need to not just be asking yourself, how do I improve my attachment style? You need to be asking yourself, what are the things I need to fix in my relationship? And does this plan address them? Because so far as you're just trying to address one tiny little thing, you're never going to get where you want to go, right? You will sabotage yourself every step of the way. You will backslide. The only way to raise the level of your relationships, you have to work on the communication, the connection, the agreements. Um, there's something else that's slipping my mind, but you have to work on those core areas at once and raise the level of your relationships as a whole. And that's the only way you make real progress. It's the only way you don't sabotage yourself in your progress. And it's the only way you get to keep the gains that you make instead of sliding back. Does that make sense? So like I said, knowing attachment theory gets you the knowledge, some knowledge. It gets you, I wouldn't even say the knowledge of what the gap is. It gets you the knowledge that there is a gap. And that's good and that's progress. But to really move forward from there, you have to look at, again, what is that gap exactly as opposed to just slapping one of three labels on it? Where exactly do we want to go instead of just slapping a label of secure on it, right? And then what are the steps I need to take to get us from A to B and not just to address this one tiny little area, but actually to raise the relationships that we actually get there and actually get the loving, thriving, fulfilling relationships that we want where our family's safe and we're secure and we're happy and we're all moving forward into the future and we can put whatever insecurity and worry about where this relationship was heading like behind us in the rearview mirror and forget it ever existed. That's what has to happen, right? Yeah. And I, I, I think really what you're saying is, is that, you know, once you do approach it this way, you then can have a secure attachment style, right? Like you can then have secure attachment in your relationships because all of those things are there. The things that are needed to have a secure, a really, really truthfully secure relationship. When you're at a place where your needs are getting met, there's good agreements in place, where there isn't arguments, where there isn't that conflict, that's when you feel truly secure in your relationships is when you have all of those pieces together. Well, yeah. And, you know, I'd argue this isn't about creating secure attachment. I mean, if, if that's a label that works for you, great. And obviously, you know, when you're looking at what a secure attachment style looks like and the characteristics of that, those are obviously things that you want for yourself, right? But I would, I would reshift this for you and say, you're not looking for a secure attachment style. You're looking for secure relationships mm-hmm. at the end of the day, because we can talk about attachment styles, but you know, again, anything with, with attachment styles also has to be looked at in the context of, of the relationships that you have. You know, it's really easy to have secure attachment in certain relationships and really hard to have it in others, depending on the relationship. So I'd argue, you know, we're not really talking when we're talking about actually taking the steps and making a plan to solve the problems. Like what your goal should be isn't a secure attachment style. Your goal should be secure relationships and becoming the kind of person who is able to have and form and maintain secure, loving relationships 
for yourself. I, that That is bigger than just talking about your attachment style. And that's what you really should be aiming for. And when you approach your relationships from a perspective of how to get there, instead of just looking at, I wanna get my attachment style from A to B, right? You're looking at where you want your relationships to be, where you want your family to be, what you want your future to be, you're a lot more likely to have that than simply focusing on your attachment style. Does that make sense? So if you need help doing that and coming up with a plan and narrowing down like what exactly is that gap and what are the exact steps you need to take to close it, we're happy to help you do that, right? Coming up with a plan like that is what we help people do every single day. And if you want to do that for yourself, it's really simple what to do next, right? Just go to a touchofflavor.com forward slash talk. That's a touchofflavor.com forward slash talk. It'll take you to our calendar, find a time that works for you, book it, It'll take you to a little page, fill out a little short application, so get some information that we need to prepare for your call. But what we'll do is we'll get onto that time with you and we'll really dive deep into, like I said, going deeper than the labels, but what, what are the challenges that you're actually facing, right? What are the problems and how you are approaching your relationship, whatever the cause is, right? Where exactly do you wanna go and really narrowing that down more than just secure? But where exactly do you want to go? What do you want your relationships to look like? Like what would make you do the happy dance? What would make the people in your life do the happy dance? What would improve your life and your kids' lives and your partner's lives and the lives of everybody there, right? And then lay out a step-by-step plan to get from A to Z, right? So if you want that for yourself, again, go to a touchflare.com forward slash talk and book it. But I just want to sum up and make sure that you're taking away the things from today, right? Number one, attachment theory awesome, right? And number two, like I said, if you wanna learn more about attachment theory and particularly in the terms of non-monogamy, read Polysecure. Like I said, it is a fantastic book. It is one of the best ones I've read in the polyamorous space, period. Like, I love so much about the approach and taking things that work in the monogamous world, applying it to the polyamorous world and giving practical advice that doesn't buy into that polypropaganda and really focuses on what works for people. It's not something, you don't get that combination very much in this space, even in the really mainstream, well-known authors, posts, podcasts, things like that. So read it if you want to know more about attachment theory. It's a good book, right? But then also don't expect too much from attachment theory, right? Knowing why you got to where you're at and even being able to put a label on that gap is just the first very small step in the terms of actually fixing a relationship and getting there and getting to fixing the relationship involves knowing exactly what the problems are, exactly where you want to get, and having a step-by-step plan to get there that doesn't just focus on one narrow thing and play, plays whack-a-mole to where you know you make a little progress, but as soon as you stop focusing on it, it stops working, but actually raises that synergy of your whole relationship, raises the level of your whole relationship so that you can make real, true, lasting progress and transformation and get to those loving, passionate relationships you deserve. And again, if you want help, reach out. We're happy to help. Anything else, Cassie? No. I think that wraps up our show for today. All right, folks. I think, is this going to be our last show of the year? Probably. I think so. Yeah. Um, Probably with the holiday. There's one more, there's like one more week this year, but with the holiday and stuff, this is probably our last show of the year. That's at least getting out before it's the new year. We might record something, but it might not be out by that point. So yeah. (laughs) So with that, folks, like... We hope you had an amazing 2021. Um, 
We're wishing you a 2022 that brings you healing and brings you your dream relationships and brings you that life and that love and that passion and that connection. And we're going to be here with you to help you achieve that. And again, if you want our help in a more intensive way, reach out. But other than that, we're going to be here helping you every step of the way. And everybody have a fantastic time. And we'll see you all next year. Thanks for tuning into today's show. We release new episodes every week. So make sure to subscribe. If you're ready to transform your relationship and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with us, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about an hour and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. What's really not working in your relationships, what your dream relationships would look like, and a step-by-step plan to close the gap and save your family even if nothing has worked before. We talk with hundreds of non-monogamous folks like you every year. And here's the truth. Building loving, thriving relationships, that doesn't happen on its own. You need expert guidance to make that happen. And unfortunately, when you are building relationships outside the box, that's impossible to find. And we get it. But that's exactly what we do. We've helped clients all over the world save their families, get the passion back, and become best friends again. So if you want to see if we can help you do the same, head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk. I'm Cassie. And I'm Josh. Let's talk soon.